Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all in worship today. It's great to be back with you here in God's house to worship and most especially to receive from our Heavenly Father his gifts of word and sacrament. Please stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. And members, as always, if you see people that you don't recognize or haven't seen for a while, please go say hi and welcome them today. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for the third Sunday after Epiphany. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton, the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinninger, and the acolytes are Hallie Shane and Carson Menning. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast for today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. All right, and so as you are taking your seats... Let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. How good it is, Lord, to be here, to be here in your presence. You promise us that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, there you are among them. And so, Lord, we... We know that regardless of of how this last week has gone for us, or this last month, or year, or few weeks, or whatever the case is, Lord, we know that we can find refuge, and home, and mercy, and grace, and forgiveness, and as we're going to talk about today, Lord, we find the kingdom of heaven here. And for that, Lord, we give you eternal thanks. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. And truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Please stand. Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner,
And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn is The People That in Darkness Sat on page 412, verses 1 through 3 of the Lutheran Service Book. to my brothers. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. For kingship belongs to the Lord. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Posterity shall serve him. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. I will tell of your name to my brothers.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at the first verse. There will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Our special music today is presented by the Sunshine Choir and Chimers, followed by a children's message by Amanda May.
disciples come forward now for the children's message and bring your offerings. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good. Go ahead and just have a seat right where you're at. Oh, we still got some offering. Wonderful. So how many of you know what this is? What is this, Cordell? It's a gummy worm. I didn't bring real worms, but if I had real worms, they would be in here. And what's something that we use real worms for? Caden Warrington? Compost. Okay, we use them in compost. What's something else we use real worms for? Jackson Broderick? For fishing. That is exactly right. How many of you have been fishing before? Okay. Well, today we are going to learn how this little worm is connected to the story and life of Jesus Christ. Today we are going to hear about the beginning of his ministry and when he started calling his disciples. Do you guys know what a disciple is? What's a disciple? Harper? That's right. A disciple is a follower. Why do you think that Jesus needed disciples? Why did he need disciples, Cordell? To help him spread the word. Jesus knew that eventually he was not going to be on earth anymore. He knew that he was going to go back up to heaven. And he wanted to make sure other people knew the good news so that uh, his, the story of his life and our salvation could continue to be told. Do you know who the first disciples were? Anybody? Who do you think was one of the first disciples? Cooper? He was a disciple, but not one of the first. There were four that he called first. Cohen? John was one of them. Cordell? Simon Peter? Uh, Logan? Yep, that's what Cordell just said. Peter was one of them. Harper? No? Nope. James and Andrew. So there was Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Those were the first four disciples. And guess what they all were? They were fishermen. And Jesus specifically said to them, come with me and I will make you fishers of men. There was nothing special about them. They were fishermen. They weren't perfect. And they really weren't that well off. And they weren't high up in their community. They were humble, and they were willing to follow Jesus and immediately drop what they were doing to follow him. Did you know that Jesus still chooses disciples today? Did you guys know that all of you are disciples? How are you disciples? What do you do that shows you're a disciple? Disciple. 
What are some things you can do? Logan? Okay, we can spread love. Harper? Okay, inviting people to church. Cohen? Telling our friends about God. Alice? You want me to call on someone else? Okay, Kaden, one more. Okay, telling people about the Bible and what we read about Jesus there. Those are all wonderful ways that you guys are all disciples. So anytime you eat a gummy worm, I want you to think about the very first disciples. And I have a little special sheet for you to take with you today that tells you a little bit more about all 12 of the disciples. So you can take this home and work on this at home. Okay, let's all pray. Please bow your heads. Dear Lord, we ask that you humble our hearts as we serve you this week, and please give us the opportunity to tell others about Jesus as we serve. In your name we pray. Amen. The epistle reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at the 10th verse. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there is no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the words of wisdom, of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. This will also be the text for this morning's sermon, and I want everybody to pay particular attention to the first verse there, verse 17. 
From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him and they brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is God Moves in a Mysterious Way on page 765 of the Lutheran Service Book. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father 
and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read from Matthew chapter 4. Please have that in front of you because we'll be referring to it as we go along here this morning. I look forward to preaching every, every week, but what Jesus is doing here in this text from Matthew chapter 4 is really, it's not only astonishing, but it is the linchpin, it is the thread that goes throughout the entire scripture of how God deals with his people. And it's really, really important. So I, I prayed a lot extra this morning that I would explain it properly and in a way that all of you would be able to understand it. So if you have questions, just come find me later and I'll try to do better. The key to understanding this text is, is verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to give you the end of the sermon right now. So here it goes. Here's the big payoff. It is Jesus' good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You are the lost coin. You are the lost treasure. You are he that he has sought and found and brought back to him. So that's the end. So now let's talk about how we get there. There are two things from verses 18 through 22 that are important to know. Again, the first thing is is that verse 17 is the key to understanding it. Again, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we know that the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about is himself. And we know from the rest of the gospel what the kingdom of heaven entails, what the details are. And what the kingdom of heaven entails are things like forgiveness and mercy and grace and healing. And if you were to page through the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, you would see that. You would see how many people that Jesus heals, and you would see how many people that Jesus forgives, and you would see how many miracles that he does. He's bringing about the kingdom of heaven. And because he's bringing about the kingdom of heaven, he has no time to wait. He's not waiting. He's not going to wait for people to accept him into their hearts. He's not going to wait for people to somehow repent on their own. He's not going to wait. And so the first thing that he does, according to Matthew, is he has been baptized. He goes through the desert with Satan and is tempted for 40 days and for 40 nights. It's time for his ministry to begin. And what does he do? He doesn't wait, does he? Because he goes and he calls two brothers, Simon and Andrew. They were fishermen. And he says, come and follow me. And Matthew is very specific. He uses that word immediately. And immediately they left and followed him. Now, if there was some kind of 
disagreement or if there was some kind of, well, Jesus, I'm not really sure, Matthew would have put that in there. And the reason why we know that is because a little bit later in his gospel, he talks about a rich young man who does have reservations about following Jesus. And he says, well, Lord, he, he says, I have done all of these commandments. I have kept everything. What else do I need to do? And he says, one thing that you still lack, go sell everything that you have and give it away. And the young man is not able to do that, and he goes away sad because he was very, very wealthy. So if there was any sort of hesitation on the part of the disciples, we, Matthew would have written about it here, but he doesn't. Instead, the call of Jesus upon these men's lives is so powerful that immediately they drop everything that they do. And at one point, uh, it, is, it is James and John, they just leave their dad, sorry dad, they just leave their dad behind and just follow him immediately. The second thing that we know about this text and about the culture at this time is that rabbis do not go out and seek students. Instead, at this time, students would come and they would sought and they would seek out the best teachers, the best rabbis for them to learn under. And again, Jesus is completely bucking this entire trend. He does the exact opposite. It is Jesus the great rabbi, the great teacher, who then goes and finds his disciples. He goes and he finds his people. Again, this thread of God making the first move, of God coming the whole way, of God loving us first, is a thread that goes throughout the entire Bible. If you want to know this Jesus calls the first disciples is exactly why we baptize babies. Because it is the call of God upon a person's life because that's his work and it's not ours. There are a host of different examples and if I were to go through every single one we would be here past the Super Bowl which is next week. I'm going to give you some. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, when Adam has sinned and he is lost and he is broken and realizes that he is naked, he goes and hides. And who is it that comes through the garden looking for Adam? God does. We all know that. Adam doesn't go seeking after God and saying, I'm so sorry, God, da 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 No. He goes and he hides. He doesn't want anything to do with what he thinks that God is going to do to him or what might happen to him. No, instead God seeks out Adam and says, Adam, where are you? He knows exactly where he is. He knows exactly what Adam has done. And yet, Adam, where are you? And he finds Adam. He doesn't restore him fully. That comes later with his promised Messiah. We go to the story of the wee little man, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. And he climbs up in the sycamore tree because he just wanted to see Jesus. He just wanted to, 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 to put his own eyes on him. 
And there's this huge crowd, and we know that because he has to climb up in this tree in order to see Jesus. And who is it that goes to and finds Zacchaeus, this tax collector, this really rotten guy? Jesus comes and finds him, and he goes directly to Zacchaeus, and and he says, Zacchaeus, come down, for today I am going to your house. The Bible, folks, the Bible is full of these examples. Jesus talks about how he goes after the one lost sheep and leaves the other 99 behind. Jesus talks about this woman who has lost her very precious coin, and she searches for it and searches for it and searches for it and searches for it. And then when she finally finds it, she calls all of her friends and says, be happy with me, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost coin. And then in what might be my favorite one, in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, there's a part in there, in verse 4 of John chapter 4, that if you just read over it, you would probably just skim right over it. But it's crucial. The text says that Jesus had to go to Samaria. And the reason why he has to go to Samaria Trust me, it's not for geographical reasons. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. They don't interact, they don't hang out, they don't talk, they don't converse, they don't invite each other to each other's homes, it doesn't happen. And yet Jesus, and yet John writes, Jesus had to go to Samaria. So why, if, if not for geographical reasons, then why does Jesus have to go to Samaria? Because he knows that the woman is there. If that doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will. He knows that the woman is at the well. And so he goes, and he has this, this great conversation with her. And he reveals to this woman and again, Jews and Samaritans, they have, are not supposed to have any interaction at all. But again, going back to what we said at the start, right? Jesus has no time to lose. He's not waiting. So he goes and he finds this woman at the well, reveals to her who he is, and then she goes back and she tells everybody that, that she meets, come and meet this guy who told me everything about me. God does move, as we, we just sang in this hymn, God does move in a mysterious way. And I, I think the reason why he moves, why we think that he moves in this mysterious way is because he moves really in the exact opposite of what we've been conditioned to think. And he moves the exact opposite of the way that we've been conditioned to perhaps believe. These are still some of the things that I, I keep hearing, not, not necessarily here, but elsewhere. We've been conditioned to believe that God demands effort on our part, as in God will go part of the way, but then we have to come the other half of the way. Or that, yes, Jesus loves you and has redeemed you, but you've got you've to try a little bit. Or that God needs to see some effort on your part. This is the one that just drives me nuts. This is the, God needs to see some effort on your part and on my part so that he knows that we're serious about it. 
How many of you have ever been able to do what Jesus said in verse 17, repent? And how many of you have ever been able to do it perfectly? Nobody should be raising their hands. Because you can't. If it was up to you and I to repent perfectly, we would fail miserably. And this is exactly why we said at the very top of this message, and I gave you sort of the end. He has no time to waste. He's not waiting. He's not waiting around for us to come part of the way. He's not waiting around for us to accept him, where he's not waiting around. No, he is going to find you. He's not going to wait for you to get ready. He's not going to wait for you to have some kind of knowledge. No, he is going to find you. And like I said, these stories keep cropping up in the entire Bible. Again, Zacchaeus, Adam, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the woman at the well. Pick your story. It's the same thing over and over again. I'm sorry that I'm yelling right now, but I'm really passionate about this. Because this is the entire linchpin of Scripture, folks. We need to get out of our heads that we have to come halfway. That somehow, that if we're not serious about our faith in God, we'll know that we're not serious and then he won't love us and he won't forgive us. No. Pick your story. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. It is the story of how God in his great, in his his infinite mercy and grace and wisdom and forgiveness and love goes and seeks you. You who are broken, you who sin daily, you who say things that you shouldn't, you who think things that you shouldn't, you who pick your sin. Pick any one of the Ten Commandments out, you who do that, and yet it is God and His Son, Jesus, that says, you're coming with me. And this is why this this text is so important. Again, I say it again, God is not waiting around for you. It makes, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. It makes absolutely no sense that God would send his son to die a horrific death on the mere chance that somebody might accept him into their heart. In what universe does that make sense? I talked, and I mentioned this a few Sundays ago. What do the Psalms say? Again, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. The price of God's own son. The price of his blood. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this next part because I don't think I'll say it right. He's not waiting around for people to find him because that's never been how he operates. Nor will it ever be. He doesn't wait around for you Because you are the most important thing to him. Think about that. You are the most important thing to God. The creator of the stars, the one who knows where the snow is kept, where the wind comes from, how the earth somehow works, the the one who knows everything. 
You are the apple of his eye. You are the most important thing to him. Again, remember that rabbis are the ones who usually get sought out. But not this one. This one, this Jesus, this God, this Savior, this Messiah has sought you out. And here's here's the best part. It doesn't stop. It never stops. When you became a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, God made a promise to you that no matter what sin that, that you find yourself in, no matter what muck that you find yourself in, no matter what you've said, done, or how many times that you've done it, you are always brought back to me. You are always brought back in to my fold. And again, going back to verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what is the kingdom? More specifically, who is the kingdom? God's own son is. Because in the person of Jesus Christ, we find forgiveness. In the person of Jesus, we find mercy. In the person of Jesus, we find grace. Grace that is is grace upon grace upon grace upon grace that never ends. Forgiveness that never ends. You are the pearl of great value. You are the lost coin. You are the lost sheep. You are Adam. And the question that we might all ask ourselves is why? I don't know. But what I do know is this. Scripture says, God's Word says, that it is the good pleasure of God, it is the good pleasure of the Father to give you His kingdom. If we can put that in perhaps layman's terms, He does it because it makes Him happy. Again, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I'm not waiting around. I'm coming for you. Let's put it in the past tense because it's been done. I have come for you. I came for you. And I died for you. And I was resurrected again for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. Now confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in
seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings in the Pew Shrine is a red sign-in book. And whether you are a member or a guest with us, we ask that you would please fill that out so that we know that you are here to worship with us. If you are a guest, if you would, uh, if you would be so kind as to leave us away, that we might uh, be able to reach you to thank you for coming today. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Eighth grade chili cook-off is today following church. Voters meeting is today at 1 p.m. Mission work day for LWML is on January 27th at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Please bring a covered dish to share for lunch. Friends in Christ Super Bowl party will be at Maurice and Jeff Perigens on February 2nd at 4.30. There will be chili and chicken noodles. Please bring sides and desserts. Food donations are welcome on February 2nd and February 9th. If you know of a needy family, contact someone on the evangelism board for the church or the church office. LYF Valentine's Dinner is on February 9th. On March 5th, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Take a look at your schedule. We will need housing for 52 guests just overnight after the concert and for an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. If you have room for housing, please contact Betty Sawyer. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people, 
according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that you've called us, each and every one of us, to be your disciples, to follow you. Give us the courage to tell others of your great love for all people. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery or treatments, those on the road to recovery. Lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelenek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Dennis Nost, Little Sutton Grace, Margaret Holly, Norma Kaiser, Roy Oberman. All of these, Father, we lift up to you in prayer, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your Son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed on Wayne and Helen Fritz, who are celebrating 62 years of marriage, as well as Walter and Cheryl Brown, who celebrate 46 years together as husband and wife. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you have bestowed upon your servants, Dorothy Osterlau, celebrating 93 years of life, and Mary Short, Marie Short, celebrating 81 years, especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness. Abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. 
May the celebration of their births be a celebration of life both now and the life yet to come. Lord, in your mercy. A special prayer for our country. Heavenly Father, God of peace and harmony, you would have your children on earth live together in peace and quietness. Despite our sins of rebellion against you, you continue to bless our great nation in countless ways every day. Frustrate the plans of all men who would stir up disunity, strife, and hatred. Help us by your word and spirit to crucify our sinful flesh and to root out the desire that would lead to strife and worry in this nation. Create peace where there is hatred, truth where there is denial, unity where there is discord. Mercifully hear our prayer and grant us peace and healing in our days. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word. Spend time in daily prayer. Strengthen our hearts for mission. And finally, nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, out of love for his fallen creation, humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, 
You affirm with each co- we affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent and I sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Our communion hymns for today are Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, on page 790, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, on page 637, Your Table I Approach, on page 628. All these can be found in the Lutheran Service Book.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We'll give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed we the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn is The People That in Darkness Sat on page 412, verses 4 through 6 of the Lutheran Service Book.
And just a few announcements before we close uh, this morning. The 8th grade chili cook-off and live dessert auction is today following church. Everybody is invited to attend that, and we ask and we hope that you do. All of the donations go to support the 8th grade class trip to Tulsa. The voters' meeting is also today after the chili cook-off and the, and the dessert auction. Uh, in lieu of having a... Oh, no, yes. So that's what we're going to do. Never mind. Okay. Uh, the LDML Mission Workday is on Monday, January 27th, beginning at 9 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. We have a number of quilts ready to be assembled and tacked. Bring a covered dish to share for lunch, and everyone is invited to come. The Friends in Christ Super Bowl party is at the Parisians' house. Are the Parisians here? They're up, up there, in case you don't know who they, who they are. Uh, this coming Sunday... At 4.30, please bring a side or dessert to share. Come join. I'm reading this. I, I, this is not my note. Come join the fun as we cheer the team in red. Somebody else's note, not mine. Hashtag, I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, where are we? Ah, there we are. Okay. Um, the Evangelism Board is doing a fooding gathering on February 2nd and February 9th. If you know of a needy family, please contact the church office. And uh, on March 5th, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri, will be here at our church for a concert in the evening. Please take a look at your schedule. We will need housing for 52 guests just overnight after the concert and for an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. If you have room for housing, please contact Betty Sawyer. Where is Betty? There's Betty. Please uh, contact Betty Sawyer. Uh, and Fawn has some, an announcement for us with regards to the Valentine's Center, I think. Just real quick, that uh, Sadie and um, Hannah will be in the back taking reservations for the Valentine's dinner coming up on the 9th. And um, if you don't have money today, that's fine. Just go ahead and sign up and and just put how many guests that you're going to have. Also, you can do that right now, or they will also be at the cook-off here in a little bit. So you could do it while you're over there. And every week, tell them we'll have somebody here uh, so you can sign up. Um, There will be a duet with Sadie and and Hannah at the dinner, and there will be a solo with Dustin at the dinner. So that will be special events. We're looking forward to that. So thank you very much. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and pray the common table prayer before our meal. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. Hope to see you all soon. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast at www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane.